every heart and say, Lord, I want to live for thee. Come now. Oh, 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 oh. 
St. Matthew chapter 7. St. Matthew chapter 7. And we <clears throat> began our reading with verse 21. These other words that we find there. <clears throat> Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. For he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. He that work iniquity. Amen. Then I'll profess unto I, I, I'll profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I want to use for a subject this morning disowned, dismissed, and discredited. Disowned, dismissed, and discredited. My brothers and my sisters, what would it be like if you toiled on your job all week long, you, job, you worked all week, worked hard all week, worked hard, even put in some overtime, 
did the best you could, and at the end of the week, you went to get your check, and your employer said, who are you? I don't even know who you are. And then would have the audacity to say, get out of my face. You've been more of a liability than you've been an asset. You've been disowned, dismissed, and discredited. In the day of judgment, this will be the case with more people than you think. Because many decided to go to work for the Lord. They, they, and as they made that decision to go to work for the Lord, they overlooked the most important aspect of that decision. And the most important aspect of making that decision is relationship. A relationship with God. God desires more than anything else a personal relationship with every one of us. When I look back over my life, I realize that my dad, our dad, spent a whole lot of time teaching us about God. Spent a lot of time teaching us about God. Spent a lot of time teaching us about our relationship with God. Now, Daddy was teaching. He wasn't teaching out of a book. He, 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 he wasn't in a classroom trying to teach us about a relationship with God. He used, yeah, the, the time he had, he taught us. And actually, he taught us by example. He used to work in a poetry plant. All week long, my daddy worked in a poetry plant. And then on Saturday, he would clean offices. And on Saturday, when he would go to clean up these offices, all of us, everybody had to go. All of us. One, two, three, four, everybody had to get up and go to the office with daddy to help clean. Now, let me be honest. We would go to those offices and all of us there, sometimes we were goofing off. Sometimes we were half cleaning stuff. Sometimes we'd find an empty office and go somewhere and go to sleep. Sometimes, matter of fact, we were creating more work for him. Sometimes daddy would correct us and sometimes he would just go behind us and clean up what we messed up. But it was amazing to me that when we would get home, we would all get home, sit around the table, came time for a meal. It was never brought up. He never said, now you didn't do your work. He never said, he never said, you messed this up down there on the job. He never said, yeah, you, yeah, I had to go back and do all of this over. We sat down at the table and he fed everybody. All of us were fed until we got food. And as time passed, it occurred to me, first of all, that daddy really didn't need us to go to work with him. 
He would have got the job done probably quick. He didn't need us to go to work with him. As a matter of fact, we were really in the way. But because he worked all week long, every day long hours, he never saw us. And then we went to church, stayed all day Sunday. It was his time to spend with us. I had to get grown to feel, realize that. That was the time that daddy had the opportunity to spend with his boys. That was his way of just getting an opportunity to fellowship. He didn't need us over there. We were really in the way. And when we got home and went to the table and ate, we were not eating and he was not supplying for us based on how much work we did or how well we worked. He fed us because of our relationship with him. Y'all ain't hearing this. We were his children and he was our daddy. It really didn't matter that we were goofing off on the job. It really didn't matter that we didn't do it. Yeah, he fed us because we were his children. He was our daddy. He loved and cared for us, supplied our needs, not because of our work, but because of his relationship to us. And that's what God desires. That's what God desires. God desires a relationship with us. For it is in this relationship that he, that just being around him and just yeah, being with him, it is in that relationship that you and I, whether we realize it or not, we become more and more like him. It's all about relationship. Y'all hearing me? Anybody ever seen a picture my daddy would say, you don't look nothing like him. But you spend about five minutes with him. If you knew my daddy at all, you say, you just like your daddy. Are y'all hearing me? It's all about relationship. Yes, sometimes we fail. And sometimes we are not productive as we should be, but you all become, but because we belong to him and have a relationship with him, over time he brings about a change in our whole lives. Before this change, let's be honest, before this change, according to Ephesians 2, by nature we were disobedient before this change. But according to 1 Peter, 1 Peter, we are now children of obedience. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, one of the first things that the world looks at, uh, looking for in a, at the world is looking at a saved person, one of the first things they look to see is whether or not we walk in obedience to God. Every genuinely saved person has in his heart the desire to walk in obedience. If you're saved, you might not be doing it, but you want to. You want, you have a desire to walk in obedience to God. But got to be honest, got to be honest. Sometimes we fail miserably. But even then, a child of God will acknowledge that I'm wrong. A child of God will acknowledge their sin 
They will seek God for forgiveness and pray, God, give me added strength that I might be more and more like you. The desire to do the right thing and live righteously comes only from that new nature that you have in Jesus Christ. Let me say it another way. Ain't nothing in you that want to do right. Y'all hear me? Ain't nothing in you that wants to do right. Nothing in you wants to love your enemy. Y'all hear me? Nothing inside of you wants to do good to somebody that's despitefully you. Nothing inside of you wants to do right. Y'all hear me? The desire to do the right thing and live righteously comes from your new nature, which comes from Jesus Christ. While obedience is not a popular topic, it is the strongest evidence of your faith. Y'all hear me? We don't like to talk about walking in obedience. But when I'm looking and when somebody's looking to see whether or not you really belong to Jesus, that's what they're looking at. Do you act like it? Do you do what he says? Are y'all hearing me? Obedience is the criteria for judgment and it is the acknowledgement that Jesus is Lord of our lives. It all comes in obedience. This is significant for obedience can be found in the example of our Savior. Obedience, look at him, look at Jesus. Obedience was his motivation for service. John 6, 38, for I came down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of my Father. Obedience was his motivation even for suffering. Look at Matthew 26. Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Obedience was even his motivation for the wonderful sacrifice he made. Philippians 2.8, and being found... In fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. It was all about obedience. The text today is actually the closing of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus started his ministry, and if you read the beginning of his ministry, He started his ministry drawing these large crowds just with a one-line sermon. That one line was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word quickly got around about the beginning of this new kingdom. We got somebody starting a new kingdom and now the hillside overlooking Galilee is covered with folk who want to hear what he got to say about this new kingdom. This crowd, these crowds came expecting to hear yet another another person, another business as usual kingdom being set up and yet another by somebody who wanted to be a king. They were used to that. That was always folk coming through wanting to start a new movement, wanting 
that, yeah, so that they could be the king of it. But, but, but they're surprised when they got behind Jesus, when they would showed up and listen to him. That surprise was that Jesus introduced a whole new concept of kingdom. He introduced a kingdom that would not start with them, but a kingdom that would start in them. Are y'all hearing a whole new idea? This ain't, this ain't something you join. This is something that you are. Then here's a kingdom that will require a change of heart and a change of lifestyle for, for those who become a part of this kingdom. Here, Jesus is saying to them, here was a kingdom that sought not only to control your actions, but a kingdom that sought to take charge of your heart and your thoughts. Here is a sermon of instruction and, and what our responsibilities are in this new kingdom and what we can expect to receive if we are obedient in this new kingdom. Jesus touches a lot of areas. Chapter 6, it's the Beatitudes. In chapter 1 through 18, you remember the Beatitudes. Blessed are they that do this. Blessed are that. He gave them the Beatitudes. And at the same time, he deals with spiritual discipline. That religion involves behavior. Any message you need to get out to the world right now, that's it right there. Religion involves behavior. You can't go around claiming Christianity and then vote against feeding folk. Y'all hear me? Religion involves behavior. You can't be all upset and all into everybody's business about one area of preserving life and then think my life doesn't matter? Are y'all hearing me? It, it, it's all, it influences behavior. Some, some people only do good for the sake of appearance. They only do good when somebody is looking. But in verse 19, he talks about our relationship with money, material things. He, he, he points out that, you know, uh, the, the birds, the, the, the sparrow, sparrows ain't tripping. <laughs> they ain't worrying about where their next meal coming from. He, he points all of that. Read, read it sometimes. The, the sermon is packed with instruction, but then comes down to the end of the sermon and he closes with the challenge to walk in obedience. Look at it. It says, it's not about knowing the right password. Matter of fact, I'm not impressed by religious sounding words. Listen at Jesus. He said it. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. I'm not impressed by that. <laughs> not everyone who cries, Lord, Lord, shall, in, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
He goes on to give us a glimpse of judgment day. This is what he does. He's giving us a glimpse of judgment day. Verse 22, he says, in that day, talking about judgment, in that day, that day, he says, the day of the Lord's coming in glory, that day, that, that time of judgment, he says, now, now, whether you talk about it or whether you don't talk about it, all of us from time to time think about that day. All of us. You, you, you may not talk about it. You, you don't really discuss it. But somewhere in the back of your mind, you think about how this thing going to play out. We all think about that day. What that day, what is that day going to look like? I, 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 I know I've, I've thought about it. I, I've, always, I've often thought what, day, what, what that day is going to look like when Jesus breaks the cloud and when the trumpet sounds. I've thought about that. Most of the time, when we see that day, when we talk about that day that God will separate the right from the wrong, we think about how that great separation would be, where, where, there, where there will be a lot. We think about how many folk are going to be surprised, folk who are going to realize too late that they should have listened. We, we, we're going to think about, yeah, you think in terms of, of folk who realize that now, yeah, I, I should have listened to somebody that what they were trying to tell me was really true. That Jesus is truly the only begotten son of God and Jesus is really the only way to eternal life. Oh, there are going to be some sad folk. We're going to realize that, you, you know what, they were right. They were telling the truth all the time. So, according to the word of God, they will stand weeping because now they will realize that I am eternally condemned. Can't turn it around now. I am eternally lost. But Jesus, here in this text, he points out another condemned crowd. See, that's the crowd we talk about. We talk about that crowd that just wouldn't listen and wouldn't hear. Yeah, that's the crowd we talk about. But Jesus points out another crowd. And this crowd is a crowd that we really don't consider that much. Here is a crowd who thought they were in. Yeah. Here is a crowd who thought that they had it going on. Jesus points out a crowd who thought full well that they were about to enter the kingdom of heaven. But when they get in the line, walk up to the gate, they hear him say they find themselves being disowned, dismissed, and discredited. Thought they had it. Thought they were going in. Thought that because they had done all of this work and because they had served all of these years, they really thought they had it going on. Look at verse 22. Many will come on that day saying, Lord, Lord, just Lord, 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 just look at all the stuff I've done. Lord, Lord, we've been preaching. We've been casting out devils. We've done many wonders in your name. Are y'all hearing me? We've been working miracles in your name. 
They come flaunting their achievements and there is no reason to judge their claim is false. They probably did do all of that stuff. They probably did preach. They probably did cast out devils. They probably did some miracles because they were using the right name. Y'all ain't hearing me. And you see, there is power in the name of Jesus. And the power is not diminished by the frailty of those who are speaking it. I just said something right there. I said there's power in the name of Jesus and that power is not diminished by the frailty of those who are speaking that name. But the problem is that there are those that learn to use the name of Jesus without ever submitting to the lordship of Jesus. That's it right there, that's it. Yeah, many who, 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 who learn how to use his name without submitting to his lordship. And because of that, because of that, in spite of their list of achievements, Jesus disowns them. Listen, I never knew you. How sad to stand before Jesus. And he says to you, I never knew you. In other words, we were never formally introduced. You never signed up. You can't just walk in a place and start working because you see something needs to be done. Are y'all hearing me? And then go into the office expecting somebody to pay you Friday? Are y'all hearing me? You got to sign up. Somebody has got to, are y'all hearing me? Somebody's got to hire you. There's got to be a religion. There's got to be some kind of connection to management. So they can put you then on the payroll. They at least got to know who you are. But not only does he disown them, he dismisses them. Look at it right there in the book. Depart from me. Get out of my face. Depart from me. Yes, you were working in the vineyard, but you never went through the hiring process. Yes, you were working, but yeah, yeah, you, you were working without having a relationship with management. Not only does he disown them, not only did he dismiss them, but then he discredits them. Look at it. You have put yourself forward as my chosen representative, but the, re the reality is you are workers of iniquity. Totally discredited. During this time, been probably been around the TV more than we normally are. Bev, Bev has found this thing. We watch this thing. It's called caught my attention. Called undercover boss. It's amazing what's on the television. Call it undercover boss. And the owner of the company will go undercover, some kind of disguise, and go into some workplace to see if the workers that are working there are working according to his vision. 
if they're working according to his goals for the company. They, don't, they, they ain't supposed to know who he is. They don't know who he is. They don't know who she is. They're, they're, they're going to cover just to see how things are working. Are they really working out my vision? What they find is that there are some who really value their job. There are some who take seriously the vision and the directive of the company. There are some who are just serious about making sure that they do everything that's in their values. But then there are some others who have their own agenda. Anybody ever seen it? There are some others who have their own agenda, who could care less about the mission and the vision of the company. It's all about getting paid. Those who have caught the vision of the owner, those who work hard and carry out that vision, at the end of the, of, of the show, they're normally rewarded. But then there are some others who get reprimanded and some of them get let go because they were perpetrated. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what Jesus here is saying in the text. He says, you have put yourself forward as my chosen representative, but in reality, you are a fraud. In reality, in, in, in reality you are a worker of iniquity. Word to you and I today, the word to you and I today, and I'm almost through, the word to you and I today is God is not looking for performers. That's it right there. God is not looking for performers. He is not searching for high achievers. He's looking for folk who want a relationship with him. Somebody who wants to walk with him. Somebody who wants to talk with him. And after they have a relationship, verse 21, somebody who will do the will of the Father. Are y'all hearing me? There's no credit for doing his will without a relationship with him. Yes, the Lord always has need of workers, for the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, but before you jump in and decide to help God out, you need to have a relationship with him. Let me tell you something. There's no substitute for a relationship with him. You see, it's not my work, but my relationship that gives me the right to say I'm a child of the king. See, it's one thing to, it's one thing to be able to say I work for the king, but it's something else to be able to say I'm the king's child. Y'all ain't hearing me. See, if, I, if I'm just a worker, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, my performance will determine my pay. And the truth is, my performance really ain't been all of that. But if I have a relationship, y'all ain't hearing me. If I have a relationship, if, if he is my father and I am his child, he looks beyond my failures. He looks beyond my faults. He looks beyond my slowfulness. And seize his child. Somebody put it like this. If when you give the best of your service. Telling the world that the Savior's come. 
Don't be dismayed when men don't believe you. Why? Because he'll understand and he'll say, well done. But another verse says, but if you try and fail in your trying, hands torn and scarred from the work you have done, says take up your cross and run quickly to meet him because he'll understand and he'll say, well done. Oh, when I come to the end of my journey, weary of life and the battle is fought, carrying the staff at the cross of redemption, he'll understand and he'll say, well done. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus came to the earth not searching for workers, uh, but he came looking for relationships. That's why I said, come unto me, all ye that labor, yes, and are heavy laden, and I will, I'll give you rest. If you want to know something, that's what Calvary was all about. Calvary was the pace price, uh, yes, that he paid uh, to have a relationship with us. Uh, when he went to the cross, it was all about uh, a relationship uh, with us. Uh, when he hung uh, his head and died, it was all about uh, a relationship uh, with us. Uh, when he died uh, on an old red cross, uh, it was all uh, about a relationship uh, with us. Uh, when they laid him uh, in a tomb, uh, it was all about a relationship uh, with you and me. But I uh, thank God that when he got up, uh, uh, yeah, Sunday morning, it was all about having a relationship with us. Don't know about it, don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad, I'm glad that he picked me up. I'm glad that he turned me around. I'm glad that he thought I was worth saving. I'm glad that he looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. Yes, I'm glad that I know him. And today I can claim him. I'm a child. I'm a child of the king. My father is rich in houses and land. He holds the wealth of the world in his hand. He's got rubies, he's got diamonds, silver and gold. His harbors are full, got riches untold. I'm a child 
I'm a child, I'm a child of the king, I'm a child, yes. It's all, all about relationship. Oh, don't do all of this work. Spend your lifetime doing church work. And then show up in his presence and have him dismiss, disown, and discredit you. It's all about relationship. And if you don't hear anything else I say, please know that you need a relationship. You need a relationship with him. Jesus declared in Matthew 28 that we were, if you will, to go into the world and seek those who are lost. Basically, he talked about building relationships with the entire world. The, the point of making disciples is actually making those who would come to find him in relationship. They would find him to be their Lord. They would find him to be their God. And then they would extend that relationship beyond the vertical with him and seek those who were down here beside us. That God wants us to have the relationship with him and then reach out to our fellow man. If you will, in the body, if you will, stand on your feet, those who are on virtually. This is the invitation to discipleship that you've heard very clearly from our pastor that it's not necessarily about what we do. It's about how much you know about him and how you live. And now we invite you to live your life for him. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Uh, in other words, you will have a relationship with him. And so we invite you now, even in the building, to come and give your life. If, if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus today, we just ask you to come and stand here on the front pew in front of us. If you're on virtually, we say that you also can stand and accept Jesus Christ right where you are and you will have a relationship with him. We invite you right now. He's actually putting, if you and you give the best of your service, telling the world that the Savior has come, be not dismayed when men shall revile you. He'll understand and he'll say, well done. Come on, somebody, give your life to Jesus right now. This is the invitation. Give your life to him right now. That if you don't have a church home and you want a covering of a body of believers to have relationship with,
This is also a wonderful place to do that. Here at the Salem Baptist Church. Let us pray. Lord, we come thanking you that you did not seek just to empower us to do things, but that you came and gave your very life so that we could have a relationship with you. Bible declares that the Son of Man, Jesus said, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Lord, we ask now that those who don't know you, we want them to know that Jesus came to give himself for you. That his blood covers a multitude of sin. Lord, we thank you that even in the midst when we did not know who you were, you still covered our sin. That while we were yet sinners, you still died for us, Lord. And we pray for those right now who don't know who you are, that you are inviting them to have a relationship with yourself, relationship with God, the creator, relationship with those who have sought to seek your relationship in the body of believers, relationship, Lord. Lead us to lead, live a life that is pleasing unto you. Not to just talk about our faith, but to be about our faith. Be one who goes before those and they see Jesus in us. So now we pray, Lord, we thank you. We bless you. And we thank you that not only did you come to die, but you're not dead anymore. You got up oh, off, yeah, out of the yeah. grave and... You are oh, yeah, now yeah. calling those to yourself in the midst of the Father. That even those who can't pray for themselves, you are interceding in the ear of the Father. And you say, she is mine and he is mine, Lord. Call them unto yourself right now. By the working of your spirit. And this is our prayer. That they will come and seek the God of their salvation. And come to know him and love him. And live for him. In Jesus' matchless and mighty name we pray. Amen and thank God. Telling the world that the Savior has come. Be not dismayed when men don't believe you. Heal. He'll understand all about it and say, well done. Oh, when I come, come on, y'all, to the end of my journey, weary life, and the battle is fought, and the victory is won, bearing the sand. Oh, at the cross of redemption, he'll understand. Oh, he'll understand. Oh, he'll understand. Oh, all about it and say, well done. Come on. Oh, when I come. To the end of my journey, we're real life, oh, and the battle.
battle is fought and the victory is wearing the sand. The sand, the cross of redemption. You'll understand. You'll understand. You'll understand. Oh, you'll understand. I'll say, oh, yeah, 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 yes. I just want to hear him say. Well, well done. That's all I want. I ain't been all of that. I ain't done all of that. But I know I'm his child. And when I show up, and let me tell you something, I'll be there. I, I will show up. I, I'll be there. He's promised me that. I just want to hear him. Yeah, yes. Y'all bless the Lord in here. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord in here. It is my, my hope as we listen to the word of God that it comes clearer and clearer us that we cannot work our way thank God for your works thank God for all you do but that's about rewards <laughs> that's about rewards you will be rewarded for your work but you got to understand that the key is relationship the key is being able to say that I am his child and that's what we work toward. That's what we work. We work so that in that day, we will stand before just God, somebody who knows us inside out, somebody who has looked beyond all of our faults, sees what it is that we need. And what we need is a relationship with him. Why don't we give God praise in his house? Why don't we give God praise in his house? We thank God. Thank God for those who are here in the sanctuary. We thank God for those who join us virtually. Let me just continually thank you for your faithfulness, your faithfulness in your stewardship, your faithfulness in tuning in, and just ask that you'll just continue to contact others and tell them about this worship experience and invite others to join us, even though we're still virtual. We're looking forward continually to that day. Then we're all back together again, but for right now, we're going to use what God gave us. And we thank God for these doors that he has opened so that we can stay in touch. Let me just share with you our child and our youth of the month for the month of September. Uh, I want to just uh, want to celebrate the child of the month is Samaria Phillips. Samaria, y'all bless the Lord. Bless the Lord for, for, for Samaria. Now, I've got Samaria. I see Barbara. I see Samaria. Yeah. Samaria Phillips. 
And we thank God for you. We thank God for all that you do here, for the inspiration that you are to all of the children around you. We thank God for you. We have some things for you that we will get to. Our youth of the month is Tania Key. Tania, am I saying that right? Tania or Tania? Amen. Y'all bless the Lord for Tania. We thank God for her. We're happy to have her as a part of our family and as such a wonderful example for our youth here in this church. Again, we thank you for your service. Thank you for just who you are. And we look forward to uh, having some, uh, getting some gifts to you. God bless you. This is church anniversary month. Uh, it's a little different than what we've had over the years. Last year, we were, we were in the middle of pandemic, and we're still now. I just believe that God is winding this thing up, but we're still in the midst of it. But we're still celebrating 187 years. Y'all bless the Lord. 187 years of service to this community. Am I right? 188. I see 188 up there. All right, maybe I'm counting wrong. I, I was trying to count it in my head, and all of this might be all messed up because they depended on me to count. <laughs> and I don't count well, but God, the bottom line is that we have been here a long time. I think we're entering into our 188th year. That's, I think that's what we're doing. We are celebrating 187 completed, entering into one. 88. So we are going to celebrate this month. You've heard us say earlier that our morning hymn is going to change up. We're going to, this month, we're going to sing some stuff that we used to sing. Amen. We're just going to go back and grab some things. We're just going to have a celebrate as best we can from here and from home. Uh, so we look forward to this month of celebration on the fourth Sunday. We have a special Sunday. We have a special service that is planned on the fourth Sunday. I'll be sharing more about it. Uh, I'm asking, and here's the next announcement. I'm asking that our church leaders, we have on the October the 14th, we're going to have a leadership meeting. Leadership meeting. It's been a while since we've had a chance to meet with the leadership of the church. So I'm asking that all church leaders, uh, it will be a virtual meeting. And I will need you to call the church office and sign up. I need you to call the church office, sign up for uh, this virtual church meeting. We haven't been together in a while, and so I just want to have an opportunity to share with you, to meet with you, hear your concerns, and to sort of share with you where we're on our way to and what God is doing and what he is going to do uh, with and through and through us. We continue to pray for all of those who are sick and those who are shut in. Uh, as we leave this place, as we leave this place, we're going to continually go out this side door as we always do. We're going to fellowship in the parking lot. We're going to try to not to fellowship in here. We'll fellowship outside where it's safe. There are those who brought offering. You can drop it off on the way out. Uh, and uh, we appreciate your continual giving. God bless you. God keep you again. It's been a while since I just said thank you to the team that keeps us going, to those upstairs, our video audio team. Thank you so much for all that you do. Musicians, music staff, thank you so much for all that you do. Amen. Today, 
we got our courtesy guild. We're slowly being put back together. Our courtesy guild is present today and back in place. I have to continually thank Sister Bush. Thank you so much. You're a wonderful stand-in, and we're going to have to talk to you about the courtesy guild. <laughs> we just bless God for how you have carried us through this season and for your faithfulness, and don't, don't, don't take your hat off yet. <laughs> Amen. There's still work to be done. Amen. To Brother Jason, I don't think I've officially introduced Brother Jason. Brother Jason Brown. Uh, he he's between he's between work. We we snatching him right now just for a minute. God has a work for him, but until God puts him in that in that place, we're gonna use him as much as we can. And we thank you for the addition. Thank you for just coming and being a part of our worship experience. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Did I say musicians? Did I say that? All right, all right. Amen. I got another birthday coming. I might say things twice, and it's all right. Yes. That's right. Let me, let me thank God for my young people. My, my son just reminded me to make sure that I thank y'all so much. Amen, amen. There are a whole lot of places that y'all could be. There are a whole lot of places that y'all could be. And we thank God that you have a heart for the Lord, that you have a heart for service. And we thank you for just being here in this place. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. God be with you till we meet again. several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. 
by mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.